0: more exclusive interviews back to the Mulberry Lane show brought to you by Ilana.com. here's Mulberry Lane
1: Dave Morrell is a music industry insider currently at 429 records which boasts a roster of music artists like Macy Gray, Soul Asylum, Blues Traveler and Boz Skaggs. but before he made a name for himself in music promotion at many different major labels he was a teenage collector of Beatles memorabilia which led to a now famous encounter with John Lennon that fueled his passion for music and collecting. Dave is releasing a six-part series on his experiences, starting with what led up to that moment with John Lennon. So if you're a music lover of any kind, you will find moments of music history chronicled in the first installment of the Morell Archives, Horse Doggin'. Turn the page with Dave Morell, music history to tell. Welcome to the show, Dave.
0: Well, thank you, you sound beautiful. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this is the first installment of a six-part series. So what prompted you, first of all, to tell your story, and then secondly, to do six installments?
0: I'll tell you something. I am a behind-the-scenes guy that never is looking to get in the limelight. Okay. I was talking to Father Lou one day, actually. Okay. I came out of church, and he tugged me by the hand, and he said, you should write a book. And I said, Father Lou, I never even did my homework. I, I was a disobedient kid. I, I don't want to do that. A couple of weeks later, I was standing with another man in Father Lou, and the man was talking to me, and he interrupted me to say, you ought to write a book. Huh. Father Lou squeezed my hand harder. And then he took me aside, and he said, you got to write a book. And mm. I said, that's not what I do. That's not what I'm about. I don't know how to write. I can't write. And... uh Finally, I took the pen, I made it work, I felt I came up with something, I sent it to him, he said, carry on, son. Okay. So uh, we got our first volume out, it takes place from the time I leave high school to uh, the time I just get into record business. Okay. So it's a, a coming-of-age story about a young man, as you mentioned, that loved the Beatles, loved records, and loved going to concerts and uh, seeing his favorite band. I was a fan that cared about these true artists, and I was 10 years old when the Beatles arrived on our shores. There was no way to meet the Beatles because they were all living in England. And then in June of 71, John came over to America, and he was in a really good mood where he cut his hair short, he had one of his biggest hits with the song Imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his brain, he was dreaming up uh, the Happy Christmas War is Over song. Okay. And he was in such a genuinely positive mood. I wrote to him on the radio to the DJ. Okay. And the DJ showed John Lennon my letter and said, John wants to meet you.
1: That's amazing. So now talk about what went down in that meeting.
0: John Lennon was having what we call a happening. Let me try to explain it. Okay. Usually when you listen to a radio show, there's commercials. There's a DJ saying, hi, we're with Dave Morrell. This is our guest tonight. It's all very professional. Mm-hmm. And one night in New York City, they had what they called back then in this early 70s, a freakout, where John and Yoko went up on the radio station. They didn't say it was John and Yoko. The DJ never introduced himself. It was just this wild scene going on on the radio okay. late at night. Mm-hmm. And John, for the first hour, him and Yoko started to just chant and talk and carry on. John was even reciting uh, words to tell me what you see, as if it was poetry. It was so beautiful, it was coming out of his mouth.
1: Uh-huh.
0: In the beginning of the second hour, he started to take phone calls. And at the time, being a record collector, I was curious what he thought of record collectors and rare records. And the rarest records at the time would be Bob Dylan outtakes that no one had ever heard. It was a bootleg album called The Great White Wonder. Okay. And I wanted to ask John Lennon about these recordings. So when he picked up the phone and said, hello, I came out with the nuttiest thing. I said, Dave Morell kissed the great white wonder. And John Lennon went along with it. (sighs) And it was the most hilarious exchange that I have on tape. He remembered this phone call. So let me set you up now. Okay. I get to talk to John Lennon. What a moment. Next day I go to school. Nobody heard it. I get out of school and I'm reading Rolling Stone magazine. And then the classified ads was an ad from a record company in California, and they had an album that they called Yellow Matter Custard, and it had a list of songs that I never heard of, and they said this was the Beatles. Okay. So I spent for it. So okay. I got the record, I ran upstairs, I put the needle on, and then John Lennon sang, and I went, this is the Beatles, but what is this? I'm a Beatles collector, I've never heard of these songs. So the first thing that came to my mind was, I'm going to write a letter to the disc jockey that always seems to have John Lennon on his show. And I wrote to him saying, if you get John Lennon back on the radio, ask him about these songs. Okay. And two days later, I was walking home from school. My brother said, "Uh, Howard Smith, the DJ, called you. You better run home. So I ran home and I called him back and he said, John wants to meet you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he showed John the letter and he invited me in. So. Before I went in, I grabbed a suitcase and put all my Beatle memorabilia in there, from the bubblegum cards to little uh, Beatle tray, some rare records, the Beatles singing She Loves You in German, some of the nuttiest things wow. I had, okay. and then went uptown to, to meet John Lennon. Now, I thought John Lennon would be like Johnny Cash, big barrel-chested, a big man that I would be looking up to. Uh-huh. And you know what? Over 10 years that I first you know, got to meet the Beatles with all of us, I was taller than him. Wow! And he, when he put out his hand to shake mine and bring me in to the studio, he was so warm. He was so fragile. Mm-hmm. He was so giving of himself. He said, come in. I'm in the middle of a recording studio. Sit down. Wow! And he was working with a man named David Peel, who uh, had a band called David Peel in the Low Reef Side. Mm-hmm. So here I found myself in that session.
1: So you were watching.
0: Watching. Wow. Session goes down. Well,
1: if you've just joined us, you've got it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And we're talking with record company executive Dave Morrell, author of the Morrell Archives. Now, Dave got his start in the industry because of a meeting with John Lennon. Back to his story.
0: Now, out of the blue, in a recording session with John Lennon at the helm, David Peel said, John, I left the word to that next song, Home. I'm going to have to go get him. And John said, oh, all right. Go get a cab and hurry back. Oh. Meanwhile, John stood up, stretched his arms, took a big yawn and said, Dave, what do you got? And I stood up and I opened up my case of Beetle stuff. Wow. And it was hilarious. When the Beetle bubblegum cards came out, everybody had their Beetle bubblegum cards. It was a big phenomenon to have those. Okay. And on one of the Beetle bubblegum cards, an artist did a rendition of the Beetles without any hair on their heads bald beetles it was hysterical and the beetles looked funny with no hair okay so i whipped it out and i handed it to john and he went ape. he thought he looked japanese he goes this is hilarious he says show this to yoko i, I said yeah i looked around i didn't see her she was outside the studio so i went outside the studio with this beetle bubblegum card and she was reading a book on a chair and she looked up at me and i said yoko John wanted me to show this to you.
1: Wow, <laughs> could you believe those words were like even coming out of your mouth?
0: Never, never. <laughs> and she grabbed it out of my hand. She didn't even look at it. She took her pen and wrote Yoko Ono on it and handed it back oh to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She
1: didn't even look at it.
0: She wasn't a Beatles fan. and um, She was just
1: giving you her
0: autograph. She was just giving me her autograph on some memorabilia. Huh. So back in the studio, uh, I asked her many questions. I had been to see the Beatles at Shea, and I wanted to hear what he had to say to a kid. As we were winding it down, John Lennon says to me, Dave, what are you looking for? You know, what's your goal? What's, what record do you need? And I said, John, you know, I don't have the Beatles Butcher album cover. Okay. And I had read in the newspaper that a month earlier in an interview with John Lennon, a reviewer wrote about John's apartment, and he said in it that John had a rare withdrawn Beatles Butcher cover. So when I said this to him, he said, hold on, and he picked up the telephone at Record Plant Studios, called his assistant, and he sent over the Beatle butcher cover to show us. Okay. And it was out of this world to see this unreleased Beatle album cover with the Beatles on the wow. cover dressed as butchers with these bloody dolls that uh-huh. was withdrawn as a bad taste. Mm-hmm. So as I'm ready to leave, John takes his pen and he writes over his head a big cloud, and in the cloud he put two days from John Lennon. December 7, 1971, and he gave it to me. Oh my wow. Gosh. He gave me his Beatle Butcher Cover. That's
1: amazing. You're listening to record promoter Dave Morell, author of The Morell Archives about his start in the music business with a meeting with none other than Beatle John Lennon. Now John ended up giving Dave a copy of the unreleased Beatle Butcher album cover and signed it, which started Dave off on a quest for all of the Beatles signatures. You're gonna hear more stories when we come back here on the Mulberry Lane Show.
0: The